Welcome to the Boss Podcast. This podcast provides today's sellers with sales tactics that will help them to reach their goals. Your host, Mark McGinnis, brings you diverse guests, high-quality discussion, and valuable insights on every single show. Mark is the author of Tactical Pipeline Growth, as well as an in-demand sales trainer and coach for B2B companies all over the world. If you want to be better at outbound sales, you're definitely in the right place. Now let's get into the podcast. Welcome to the Boss Podcast. I'm Mark McGuinness. If you want to learn how to be better at selling or you need to land meetings with your ideal clients, then you're in the right place. Nathan Clark is today's guest. He's a sales enabler in the tech space and he shares his 7C strategy to effective selling with us. The seven C's are one, connection, two, consideration, three, clarity, four, confidence, five, consensus, six, commercials, and seven, commitment. In this episode, we unpack each of those and provide some tips to be better at each. I really enjoyed talking to Nathan. He's a sales practitioner and I valued his down-to-earth delivery style, and I'm sure you will too. This is a great episode. But before we jump into this episode, let me share two things with you. If you want to get access to some sales skills or sales tactics for free, that's 100% A-OK. All you need to do is jump across to my LinkedIn profile. And of course, if we're not connected, then let's connect. And you'll see right there in my featured section, there are always some great things absolutely free for you to grab and put to work straight away. It could be some free training, an infographic, or maybe a free download or webinar, whatever. If you want access to the very latest tactics and skills, then your best bet is to subscribe to my twice monthly newsletter where I share the best sales strategies I've found during that two-week period. I don't spam you. It's one email a fortnight, nothing more, just great value. I currently have over a thousand sales professionals getting that as of today. So feel free to join them and me. Simply go to markmc.co and sign up on the front page or feel free to send me a LinkedIn message or via Twitter. Now, let's go sailing the seven seas with Nathan Clark. Nathan Clark, welcome to the Boss Podcast. Thanks, Mark. Excited to be here finally. Hey, yeah, no, very pleased to have you on. I'm actually really excited today for two reasons. One, I know you're going to bring the heat. We've got some great things to talk about. And secondly, I've got a brand new microphone. So I've been struggling with microphones for a, over a year. So I'm really keen to get some high quality audio out to the listeners. So I'm hopefully this is going to turn the corner for those struggling listeners that have stuck with that dodgy audio. Thank you. Uh, and for new listeners, well, they don't know what they're missing. But back to number one, today we're going to bring the heat. Today we're going to be talking about your seven C's, and that's the letter C for Charlie, not the seven oceans, right? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of a play so, on words. Yeah, very clever play on words. I loved it. So, Nathan, you're a sales enablement professional currently working at or for UpGuard as an enabler, sales enabler there, helping sellers to be better, close more deals and engage with more prospects, I guess. Is that right? Yeah, that's a really accurate kind of representation. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Previously, you were with LinkedIn, and of course, that's where you and I, I think, initially met. And you've also worked with Rogen SI, which I think is a sales and leadership training consultancy. Is that right? Yeah, Rogen's an interesting one. Been around for a really long time. And a bit of trivia for you, they actually worked with the AOC to write the winning bid for the Sydney Olympic Games. So lots of pedigree in sales capability, leadership development. Lovely. That's pretty cool. That's a good gig. But most importantly, you've also got a side hustle as a sales enablement consultant. So 
Like with all of that history, it sounds like you're the perfect fit for the Boss Podcast. I can't wait to hear you know share some of your stuff today. So before we get into the seven C's, tell us a little bit about Nathan, Nathan's sales journey, and and maybe even what's happening at Upgard. Yeah, sure, for sure. I can definitely fill in kind of both of those things. I guess the the short version of the story is this: I've kind of just gone in and out of technology, and then kind of learning and development and consulting. So. I think they felt disparate once upon a time and now they've kind of come together, which is a nice thing. So kind of started with Apple, kind of career really started with Apple, introducing the Australian market to Apple retail. And I very quickly found myself running all the new employee training for the Sydney and then kind of broader Australia market at some point. So that was really around company culture, communication skills, and some kind of really basic sales training in reality. It's, you know, it's kind of retail based, but that's that's where I kind of lit the, lit the fire, I guess. And so I was kind of selling and then teaching, which is great. Eventually kind of jumped ship to Samsung, uh, did a similar thing. I wrote a sales methodology with someone else or a sales process. And then we, we had someone else go and hire all those salespeople. And we went and trained them and got them up to speed. And then found myself at a little consulting company doing training and development for young professionals, mostly in like banks and mining and government. And that was really exciting because I kind of changed my life, started traveling the world and running training for all these really smart people. And then came full circle, you know, via Rogen SI, kind of came full circle back to back to LinkedIn in a customer success function. But of course, for that particular product, we were selling a sales product to salespeople. So you had to be really good at it, right? So, you know, this is the best test selling to salespeople. And then, you know, along the way, found that I could, you know, maybe engage with some clients personally, wanted to add a little bit more value and keep sharp. So founded a little consultancy. And reality, it's kind of, I think, made me better in my role. If anything, I overcompensate in my full-time job. So no one ever has questions of whether, you know, I'm letting the ball drop there. And then, but also I think that cross-section of experience I get to import into the company I'm working for. So at the moment, what's nice is I've simplified simplified my consulting offering. I'm just working on deal coaching, which aligns really nicely to the work I do at UpGuard. And UpGuard's a cybersecurity company. We're an all-in-one platform for third-party risk and attack management. And so we're growing really fast. Cybersecurity is a really fast-growing industry and helping that company kind of scale our sales team and build some, some knowledge, some process, and some skills uh, in the meantime. So that's the story. Pretty cool. A couple of quick questions that came out of that point. Apple to Samsung, that's a bit like going from Coke to Pepsi, isn't it? Like that's, that it would be interesting. It, it is. I, I joke, but there, was, there were a few defectors. And a kind of my, my joke there is that, you know, they said, hey, come and join us. And it was a bit like the dark side. I was like, absolutely not. And then they said, hey, this much. And I said, okay. It, it, in reality, it's just a really great opportunity. So, you know, got to see both sides. Yeah, of course, of course. And the second thing is more of a, I guess, more more of a statement than a question. But selling to salespeople, I think salespeople are suckers sometimes. You know, like we're so optimistic as a rule that you know, typically someone says, you know, this is the change that you could have. You're like, oh yeah, let's let's do that. Bring it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, until until they're evaluating you for like, if you're selling a at Virgin, we're selling sales training, right? So like, well, you're on, you're being tested from the first prospecting email. You know. Yeah, that's that's very true. That's very true. I'm very conscious of that and often stuff it up. So, so there you go. So Nathan, really keen to get into this seven C's, let us see. And of course, I found this on your, this was a pinned tweet to your Twitter account. So, so straight away, listeners, you know, I've been banging on about Twitter now for a little while. If you're not on money Twitter, get across there. Nathan, what's your handle on Twitter? How can people follow you there? Nathan Clark underscore. So N-A-T-H-A-N-C-L-A-R-K underscore. So really easy to find. And this was your pinned tweet on Twitter. So that's how I found it. How did this develop? What is it? Like, give us some, give us some lowdown. 
Yeah, sure. So a couple of things. How how did it come about? One, if you think about like, you know, this is a bad analogy because I actually don't follow sport that much. But if you think about your favorite sports team, there's probably a game, maybe a really important one, but there's definitely a game you've watched and you know your team lost because they they just got the basics wrong. They're in there. They're really good. They've got all these amazing skills and they just kind of got the basics wrong. They didn't have the discipline. And I think that kind of happens in sales too. We kind of get so smart that we forget to be good sometimes. And so, you know, teams are often overwhelmed with activity. And I think this is just a good kind of circuit breaker. So the way this came about is I identified that, you know, there's kind of these two things existing at one time. One is all deals are really different and kind of all deals are the same, right? There's this kind of underlying thing where we still need to shepherd, you know, our prospect through this certain experience. And they're going to have these moments in their head where they're going to decide, okay, this is the right solution for me. And that stuff, a lot of that stuff kind of is constant. And that's what we're talking about today in this. The process stuff around, you know, we quote at this time and here's how we use this tool and these are our stages. Of course, they're different. The industry is different. The buyer is different. I, I get all of that. So this was a way to kind of give salespeople a map while they're amongst their pipeline, which, you know, if you're managing your pipeline as a rep just inside the CRM, I think it's easy to get a bit lost in the, in the process rather than the real journey that we should be taking our prospect on. And this is hopefully a, a bit of a navigator for that. Okay, cool. Okay, let's, let's jump in. All right, I'll, uh, I'll kick it off. So seven Cs, maybe it's best to kind of walk through the, the seven high level and then we can kind of come back around yeah. and, and dive into them. What do you think? Love it. Yep, yeah, that works. Cool. So seven Cs. First one is connection, right? And when you've built connection with your with your prospect, your client, it kind of gives you the license to build or generate consideration from them around what you actually have to offer. Now, if you've built that consideration, so that, you know they've, they've found some connection with you, they're now considering your offering. It's your opportunity now to make sure there's clarity in what you actually have to sell, right? Clarity in what they're uh, looking for and, and what you have to sell. And only once you've created that clarity do they even have any chance of building some confidence that you're the right person to solve that and that this might be able to you know, get them to the, the goal that they're, they're looking to, to get. As we all know, almost every deal now, there's more than one person in the buying process, certainly in a B2B context. And this is really what this is for. And so when we've built some confidence with there, we really need to find consensus. And I think, Mark, we might actually, you know, when we get there, this might be, a, we might kind of circle around this a little bit because I'm finding this is a big one at the moment. And only once we've created that consensus, can we then get to commercials? And this is, you know, pricing, right? More than anything and how, how we structure the deal. You know, are we pricing competitively? Are we getting the right quote? If we've done all of that right, my expectation is that seventh C there to, to kind of conquer is commitment. And once you've got the commitment, you know, the, the bonus one, we talk about seven C's, the bonus one is hopefully is, is commission, right? So you're at the other end, they've got commitment, they've bought it and, you know, you're going to get paid I like out. that one. Yeah, good yeah, stuff. That's the bonus one. So they're the seven. Certainly happy to walk through them. I'm sure, it probably spurred a couple of questions so we can jump off. Yeah, there. okay. So th- you know what this looks like on first look? It looks like it's the 80-20, the burrito principle for, for selling. You know, like if you've got these seven slash eight, if you could include yeah. commission, sort it out, you know, then... You know, 80% of the deal is going to be in 20% of the tactics almost or 20% of the, you know, like if you've got this style, you're probably going to be ahead of the curve and a lot of stuff. So this looks like a pretty good framework. So, and, and I'm assuming that they operate in this order, right? Yeah, they do. It's, it's quite linear. I think there's, it's worth saying, you know, experienced reps are going to do a lot of these from a place of kind of unconscious competence. I think that's fine. 
And there are some things that happen a little bit in parallel, but to maybe make the point around why this is linear, if you're trying to, for example, put pricing in front of someone and you know be really competitive with that, and you haven't even gotten their consensus from the people around that that buying circle that they're even you know that you're even the leading offer, it doesn't matter what you put in front of them, right? And if you're trying to build that consensus, right? If that's the job you're doing in that moment, hey, let's bring in the additional C level person. Let's bring in your CFO, for example, or someone else on your team, and they actually don't, aren't even clear. They haven't got that clarity around what you're even offering. It's just not going to work. And so it, it is kind of this unfolding progression. This is evolving goals as your deal progresses. Yep. Love that. And, and I just want to jump in there because this is something I'm seeing a lot. People are just jumping to proposals and pricing way too fast. And you know, of course, what happens then? You get ghosted, right? So you know, if you've given your, your proposal or your quote or your whatever it is, like if you've shown them the money before you've done any kind of full discovery or work your way through that buying process, you're just leaving yourself to be left out in the open with, and no one's going to respond because your prospects have got exactly what they want, right? They've got the spec and they've got the price. They don't need to engage with you anymore. And if you give that price too early, it, you know, it's a really big mistake. So yeah, well done on calling that out. So yeah, let's get into like a couple of lines or you know a minute or so on each piece. So what, what have we got there? First up is... Let's dive into connection. Yeah, let's, let's dive into it. So look, without like kind of you know, beating it too much. Hopefully this is like the clearest one for everyone, but I think is possibly the most important one. And this is just realistically building rapport, demonstrating some professional intimacy. So if anyone that is listening to this that might know me, I've been talking about this for lots and lots of time. David Meister's trust equation, you know, trust equals credibility plus reliability plus intimacy, right? And so this is, you know, can I build connection from the get-go? Can I do my recon work in the background on LinkedIn and Twitter and wherever else, an annual report. Can I get to know this person a little bit? Show up in that first interaction and, you know, reduce the gap between where I am and where they are. And I kind of philosophically, right? It's like kind of an abstract idea, but can I get closer to them and build that rapport so that it gives me the license to have the conversation we really need to have, which is them probably telling us stuff that they might not tell, you know, the next salesperson, right? I, I want to get more information from them so that I can really craft the right solution for them. Yeah. Information is the key. Like that's exactly right. And that's why we talk so much about one mouth and two, two ears. Like the more information exactly. you've got, the better you're going to be able to position your offer. So I love that David Meister book. It's a hard read, but it's worth it. It's difficult to yeah, read, but it's worth it's it. It's very academic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they did the research. That's why it's there. And, you know, like it is one of those things. I, I think it is important to, to really underscore that. Many times, you know, you hear someone like, you know, go and build trust with your prospect. And the reality is you can't just, all right, I'm going to go and do some trusting. Like that's not an activity. But <laughs> can I show up and really know my content? Can I be reliable? And every time when I say, I'll send you the documents, send them. And can I have that professional intimacy to show that, hey, I've done my research. I've looked at your industry. Here are the three things that your competitor is doing. We have a cross section of that. And here's the insight that I want to share with you today. Like that's a really different place to come to as a partner at that table. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's great. Is your outreach getting you labeled as a spammer? Well, what's worked in B2B outbound doesn't work anymore. The goalposts have moved and so must your approach to sales. Sure, you might land odd conversation or even a reply to an odd cold email, but is it scalable? Will it provide you with enough revenue to hit your yearly goals? Having worked with sales teams all over the world, we see what works and what doesn't. 
Our new PAL coaching program provides sellers with access to the very best training available today. It doesn't matter if you're a team of 50 or a team of one. We have flipped traditional sales training on its head and allow you to learn in your own time and still get the important coaching help that you need. Grab all the details at markmc.com slash pow. So next is consideration. That's not super clear early. Tell us about that. What's that mean? So this is a, a kind of a, a similar idea to in, in the marketing world, you have AIDA, you know, attention, interest, uh, desire, yep. action. And consideration is a little bit about, you know, kind of creating that interest and, and desire early. This is going to come from some good discovery. It's about asking the right questions and uncovering the pains. And, you know, a lot of people talk about pains a lot. One thing that I think is missing also is the stakes. Sometimes, you know, a client actually isn't in pain, so to speak, right? That They're not saying, you know, this is really painful for me, but our solution is one that reduces the stakes of getting something wrong. And this has become really clear to me at UpGuard where, you know, from a security standpoint, if you're just, if your business as usual, that's fine. But if you've got a data breach, there's a data leak and there's some misconfigured thing out on the internet and it's your customer data is out there in, in a regulatory environment, for example, day to day, there's no pain. But if you get it wrong, the stakes are so high that we need to have that conversation and you need a solution in place. And so sometimes we, we kind of miss that as, as a salesperson, that the, the stakes are not there. And so that's, you know, just about asking those questions that we all know around, you know, what would this look like if you don't solve this problem or if it goes wrong and, you know, all the other versions of that. Okay, got it. That makes perfect sense. Okay, so the third one was clarity? Clarity, yeah. So if we look at the, you know, my world is very much B2B SaaS, but, you know, if you're, if you're a listener right now and you're not thinking about, you, you know, you're not in that, in that world, just think about where this might shift a little bit. But the, the default response here is around, you know, pitches and demos. Too often salespeople start pitching their products super early. They haven't actually uncovered those pains or those stakes or the, those of you that know the jobs to be done framework, the jobs that our customers are trying to achieve. You know, we need to get that done. So we've created that consideration. We found out more. Now we get to make it clear what our product or our solution has to offer to help them get to that place. And you know, this is the pitch and the demo. This is just answering questions. This is sharing collateral. This is pulling in. Maybe you pull in an executive from your organization to you know um, create some authority and maybe a little bit more more proof and kind of you bring in the big guns, right? Sometimes that happens. So that's just really making it sharp in your buyer's mind how you can solve their problem. So it's a really simple idea. Is this the where you know it's the why you or why us? Exactly. You know, I think that the point. To underscore here is the concept is simple. This part is the bit where you talk about your company and everyone listening right now probably does that best because we all do that over and over and over and over. And at the same time, you'll notice it's step number three, not number one. But if you kind of go and do a bit of triage on lots and lots of sales conversations in the past, there's the, you know, the cold email outreach or the cold phone call saying, hey, have you heard about Acme Inc? We sell the best pen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Here's why you should choose us. And so it's very deliberately further down the list here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, we've been talking about that for a long time. Yep. So, okay. Next on the list is confidence. So that's number four. Is that right? Yeah. We're up to four. That is. Yeah. Number four. So a uh, bit of a summary. We've created connection with our prospect. You know, we've built some rapport. They want to do, it seems like they want to do a bit of work with us, but we're, we're still in that kind of dancing stage. They're now considering us because we've been able to build that consideration and we've made it clear to them what a future having engaged with us might look like. And now we need to convert that 
kind of clarity and consideration into confidence that we're actually the right solution because, hey, they're probably talking to other people at the same time too, or they need to go and drum up the, you know, the budget or get a business on board to say, hey, you know, we want to move ahead with this. So what does that look like? That's the demonstration of value. If you've got an ROI calculator, fantastic. This is the moment maybe to, you know, multi-thread this concept of going to find other people inside the organization and that'll pop up in the next step. It's about, you know, positioning yourself competitively. It's, it's knowing your, maybe having battle cards in your organization to understand your competitors and setting up kind of those conversational landmines so that when we get to talking about a, a competitor, you're framing your offering in such a way that it really, you know, doesn't, doesn't position, you know, your competitor particularly favorably. And that's not about talking negatively about them. It's just about understanding where your product shines and highlighting those things. And how we differentiate. So it's not about, say, this one's not about salesperson's confidence. This is about provide, putting confidence in the buyer. Correct. Correct. These yeah. are the, 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 the goals. Uh, these are the evolving goals that, that you should have for your buyer. They've created connection, now considering you, they've got clarity, they've gained confidence now. Of course, the, the obvious one here that I hadn't quite got to yet was handling objections, right? <laughs> so making sure that we've hopefully preempted a lot of them, but also acknowledge them when they pop up. Okay, so just to quickly jump out of this for a sec. So with this model, are we trying to do this all in one one meeting or is or is this like the sales process across the life of the deal? Like how do you sort of, what's your thoughts around that or is it both? I think it's mostly like across a deal. It evolves as the deal progresses. And actually it's a good, it's a good call out, Mark, because when we are in a deal, you know, maybe you just use HubSpot or Salesforce or whatever and you're, you're transferring your deal from one stage to the next there's always this kind of pressure maybe from sales leadership to move it along and maybe you take the call and you just move it, right? Because you've finished the demo and so you move it along. And yet, if we look back, we go, did I actually did I actually hit the thing that I needed to in that moment? Like my customer is on this journey too. I've done my demo, but did I actually create clarity for them? And so that's why there's this kind of separate, I almost think about, you know, if, we, if you think about the sailing the seven seas, right? The, the process is above the water and then this kind of evolving goals sitting under the water, always happening. You know, you're thinking about it there and it's actually influencing where that ship sail. Ships don't sail, do they? I don't know. doesn't matter about the terminology. I think people know where I'm going with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like the undercurrent of movement, like that, what, what the salesperson's doing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's the current. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I've lost, where are we up to? Sorry. We know we've just demonstrated you know, what does it look like to create confidence with your buyer. And then, you know, our next step, step number five, is about building consensus. Yeah, very important. Yep. So, you know, Mark, maybe I'll put it on you for a second. Like, how are you finding conversations in organizations right now? As far as the buying process is concerned, it, are there more buyers for you even for, for what you do? Or are they having to defer responsibility to other people? Is it faster or slower? I just want to hear you know, someone else's voice about that kind of read on the, on the buying position at the moment inside of companies. Okay, so there's nearly always three people in, in a meeting when it starts to get a bit serious, right? So what I find is you know, there's, there's somebody that comes out hunting. And I'm just going to talk about Mark McGinnis selling his consulting Right? Because there's so many different people that are, that are businesses that I work with and they're all sure. a little bit different. But, you know, typically somebody would reach out to me. They might be the EA for the managing director or they might be the, you know, the regional sales manager working on behalf of the sales director. You know, so someone's been tasked, go and find a training resource, right? So then they come out and they, they quiz me with a few questions. The next meeting is where it really happens. And then I'm usually with the CEO, the sales director, that person and someone from L&D. So typically there's those four people I need to get past. And then as soon as we start talking about 
giving me access to their Slack channels or embedding videos into their LMS, I'm off to IT. IT, L&D, yeah, there's a whole bunch of players there. Now, you're look, Mark, you're a seasoned professional, so maybe you get everyone on board straight away, but is it a accurate kind of representation to say that very often you've got someone that's all in, someone that's maybe on the fence, maybe even a bit of a defector going, I think the other solution's better. Is that a fair statement? Yep. Yep. I think that's absolutely true. You know, and typically HR, HR department will go, well, you know, I'm not sure, you know, how we're going to keep these skills inside the organization once, once Mark goes. The sales director's going, no, nah, no, nah, he's got great content. Let's do it. And the CEO is going, well, if Barry from the sales director says, let's do it, let's do it. You know, so, and IT are like, well, you know, why are we giving external people access to our <laughs> to yeah. our systems? Exactly. So that's probably how it plays out more often than not, but that's in his description there, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've got, Gartner, whoever it is, talking about, you know, there's seven point something, eight point something buyers in the process, whatever. The number doesn't matter. There's more, right? There's more than three years ago. It's more than five years ago. And it's more competitive. Like our customers know more than they ever have. They've got more information available to them at any time. And we're, we're in these competitive kind of pursuits. So it's so important that we're building consensus inside that buying circle. So often maybe we've just got that one key buyer if you're a sales manager right now and you, you've heard this from a rep, right? Like, yep, they're on board. They love it. We've got such a great relationship. Pre-COVID, sometimes it was, you know, we've had drinks. I took them out for lunch and whatever else. The reality is like there's someone else in there that's maybe going to block that deal. And so we need to be disciplined in managing those stakeholders and like actually kind of getting consensus. So this is like get them into a trial in many cases if you're in B2B SaaS. Get them hands-on with the product. If, if you're confident in your product, you know, you want to get them in the trial. You want them starting to put some of their content into there or uploading their information, starting to see some utility, pulling in the right users. Sometimes you have to go back and you have to repeat steps three and four, right? So it's like, cool, you know, in, in my world where maybe, you know, if you were, if you're selling to me as a sales enablement manager and I report into a revenue operations function, if you're selling to me, you might give me the demo of your great new sales enablement platform. And then, I go, great, I love it. Also, I don't hold the budget. We're going to have to, you know, bring in my, my RevOps leader and she's probably going to want to see it as well. So there's another demo or something to that effect. But it's really about going, what is my job here? You know, I've got the deal where it is, but I need to create consensus inside of this org. I need to give them the right information. Sometimes it's repeating the previous steps. Very often, it's about arming your, your real champion with what they need to sell it internally. And I think that's a kind of probably one of the key key moves there. Yeah, and I, and I see a, a very simple mistake made a lot, particularly on virtual presentations. You know, you might have four people, you know, the person that's quiet, you need to engage them, salespeople. You know, like if, if, if Nathan's sitting there not saying anything, you know, and doesn't have his screen on, don't ignore them. They're often the landmines, so you need to be able to say, hey, Nathan, you know, just want to make sure I'm out getting everything out of the way. But, you know, what's, your, what's going to be important for you? Have I asked all your questions? Is there anything else? You know, try and drag them into the conversation because, you know, if they feel a piece of difference, guess what happens in the post-meeting conversation? You know, Nathan, who you didn't spend any time on, goes, oh, I'm not so sure. Yep. You know. Suddenly popping up. And buying by consensus means everyone's got to be in, right? So if they're not in, you're out. Exactly. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Yeah, they're not in, you're out. I think that's the, I think that's the line, Mark. Absolutely. Okay, so where are we up to now? We're up to six, is that right? Yeah, we're up to six. So, you know, we've got consensus. Our, our client is confident in what we've got to offer. They probably at this point are asking for, hey, can you, can you get me some numbers? Uh, you know, what does a quote look like? And so this is about building those commercials. 
Now, this is, this is why this is like all the way down here is, and we, we talked about this right at the top. At this point, you can actually structure your offering to meet what you've now discovered, right? Can you imagine if we, if you know, that, that very same person that you just talked about that was quiet in the background, if we hadn't have even done that work, maybe we didn't even proactively find those additional stakeholders. When we send that quote through or that, that proposal through, it's getting passed around to them and we haven't even had any opportunity to get them on board at all. And so you could send the best offer ever, but it turns up on the wrong person's lap and they haven't even had an opportunity to get on board with what, you, you know, what you're offering. So this is the moment where, yeah, you're just getting that quote, you're pricing competitively, you're structuring the deal, knowing what competitors might be in play and making sure that you're kind of being smart about how you peak price or configure a deal or set the terms, knowing what you do about the market. And also using the language that maybe you picked up in that last meeting that you realize that, you know, these three people here are thinking about this big deal, uh, this big, you know, project that they've got in the next six months. And I'm going to align it to that now rather than use my generic you know, why us page in the proposal. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, look, I'm still surprised how many 28-page proposals I see that have got the first 20 pages talking about their office locations across the country and how they've yep. won awards. And then page 28, there's a template for us to just drop in your solution. Exactly, exactly. Don't do that. That's right. <laughs> okay, so that means we're up to? Yeah, that was the simplest one. Commercials are easy. Everyone wants to do those and hopefully we're all pursuing that. The last one is just getting commitment. So... Again, like I, I've seen this over and over and over. We've even gotten to this point. We thought the deal was great. We sent through a proposal, radio silence, nothing. We're following up. Hey, just checking in, leaving a voicemail, sending an email. I'll give you a call back on Tuesday, right? You're check, checking in, Ow. getting nothing. Ow. <laughs> we've Killing all, we've me. all seen it. So, you know, from, from here, it's very much just about, you know, gaining that commitment and look, it goes without saying, but, it, but I, maybe it doesn't. Maybe I need to call it out, right? That's why I'm saying it. The thing is, so often, we do all that stuff at the front and we just don't actually ask. Like so many salespeople I've seen, particularly earlier on, like again, a lot of these things we've been talking through are really great seasoned rep. It's going to do a lot of those steps, you know, in kind of unconscious competence from that, from that place. But many times I actually see, particularly new reps, and this is where I've kind of engaged with this model with, with, with a, one of my clients, they've got new SDRs that are stepping into AE kind of world. So they've been sales development reps and they've, they've always just kind of booked the meeting. And now they're just working through their pipeline. They're realizing, I actually, I have to ask for the sale. What does that actually sound like? <laughs> and so, you know, this is about creating some urgency, right? So can I build some sort of constraints that uh, maybe there's pricing that, that lapses at a certain time? Maybe there's a kickoff period with some sort of implementation team and you set a date for that. There's also other pieces just around, you know, how do I manage procurement, right? So can I get commitment from them? Can I get the legals right? Can I get the, you know, EULAs, MSAs, all those kind of every other acronym under the sun. And so it's about chasing those things, negotiating effectively, having that skill available to you, tapping into that negotiation muscle and just gaining the commitment that you need because hopefully you've done everything right and they're happy, but many oftentimes there's, again, a little bit of a dance there just around getting that commitment and getting them over the line. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, this is the really super important step. So many times I see people, sellers, where they say, oh, go away and create a proposal. Yeah, no problem. And I'll, I'll email that to you. There's no meeting booked in for the next steps for the discussion, you know, so never leave the meeting without booking the next one. You know, that that's a really, really simple commitment steps, right? And if they won't book a meeting with it, guess what that tells you? 
maybe you shouldn't be doing the proposal. <laughs> they're not so committed, right? Like they're, they're not there. They're not yet. They're not there. Yeah. Yeah. So don't blow up two hours of your life if if it's not going to work, right? So, That's right. Totally. So you can find summary. another customer in that time. <laughs> exactly. You definitely could. So quick, quick summary: We've created connection. We've now got our, our customer considering these things. We've built that clarity in them to say yes. I think this solution that Acme is putting in front of me is the one you know that that, that could solve it. Now I'm I'm, I'm feeling confident because you've demonstrated some more value. You've sent me some clutter about your integrations and who else you work with and a case study and all those things. I'm going to pass that around and build some consensus with my team so that they're on board as well because I don't want to look stupid as a buyer either. If I'm a buyer, I don't, I'm putting my neck out. So I want to build some consensus with my team. Get the commercials to me. Great. I feel comfortable with that. The pricing is about right. I get a little win on a discount. Fantastic. Fine. And then, yep, I feel good. And I've been asked to you know, commit to moving ahead with this and I'm, I'm going to move forward. So that's kind of the idea of sailing the, the seven seas. And I think where you can really put this into practice is kind of to zoom out a little bit from your pipeline. If you're an individual contributor, zoom out from your pipeline and look at it and go, Am I actually fulfilling the needs that my buyers have throughout this process? I'm moving them in the CRM, but have I actually hit those goals that I need to and getting them to line up with my process? And then if I'm a manager, this is perfect for a de- you know deal reviews, coaching. Can I zoom in a little bit? Not just ask about the tactics. You know, did you did you send this? Did you send this email? Except you know, we've all heard those conversations, but realistically, okay, you've got them post demo. Do you feel that that customer? felt clear about our offering and is confident that we're the right solution. No? Okay, go back to, you know, it's kind of like Monopoly. Go back to, you know, whatever. Play again. Go back to go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I like what you said there about it not being, like it's being independent of the CRM steps. You know, a lot of people think that the sales process is the steps in the CRM. No, they're just the sales steps. They're just the steps in the CRM. You know, you've got to ask, have you taken your client through that? So, mate, these these seven C's, Sailing the seven seas is really clever. I really like it. I think it's going to help a lot of people. So, Nathan, how can people get more of you? Like, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you, connect with you, get more of this sort of stuff? How can they do that? Yeah. So, two things. Default response is, you know, connect with me on on LinkedIn. Easy to find. Nathan Clark. I'll be the guy in a blue collar and a cheesy grin. So that'll be me. Or you can certainly jump on Twitter as well, but you're going to get a, a mixed bag of, of tweets there. It's a little less focused, as, as I think is true for, for many people. And then, you know, I, like I mentioned before, I work full-time in a sales enablement role at UpGuard. I'm very committed to that. I do entertain around about three or four clients a quarter at most, kind of around that Card. I've got a website at nathanclark.net. Uh, it's got a bit of availability there. I don't want to go the hard sell here. So I'm just going to say if this is interesting to you, very specifically around if you've identified a need in your team to really think about like deal coaching. So could you have some outside counsel away from all the busyness and kind of distraction of your own company, everything you need to do and have some outside counsel around how to work through deals? That's probably where I can help. Outside of that, I'm going to just, you know, Head into the office each day, do my work. But yeah, that, that that's probably where I'd, where I'd point people if I was going to. And I really appreciate you sharing the seven C's with us on the Boss Podcast. Thanks very much for coming on. Thanks, Mark. Pleasure. How would you like an electronic copy of Tactical Pipeline Growth sent directly to you for free? You see, I need a little help and I'm prepared to swap you for it. All you have to do is leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts as it would really help other listeners to find us and it helps us find more great guests in the future. And of course, the better the guests, 
and better the sales strategy so we get. The good news is it'll only take you about 60 seconds to do and you can probably access the review function directly from the device you're using right now to listen to us. I'd really appreciate it. Simply leave us a review and then screenshot that and send it to me either via DM on LinkedIn or directly through my email and I'll send you a copy of the book straight away. So that's it for this show. Catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.